Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we continue looking into the subject of prayer by looking into 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul's words to Timothy on prayer. The title of this message is Prayer, Our Posture Towards Life and People. We've got lots of things coming up in the next few weeks. Fall for Art will be on October 8th. Also on October 8th, we have a Women's Day Retreat. We've got Bag Hunger, which was postponed back at the end of August. We're going to be kicking that off in a few weeks as well. So stay up to date at our website or on Facebook. Thanks for listening. for today is on the front of your bulletin. I'm going to go ahead and read it out. This is 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. The Apostle Paul, writing one of his pastoral letters, says, says this. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peace of peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time, and for this purpose I was appointed as a herald, And an apostle, I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. Probably about six weeks ago, for those of you who weren't here, um, we did a little mini-series on prayer. I spent two weeks kind of digging into the Lord's Prayer, which we pray here every weekend when we do communion. And... I know last weekend when Brian Johnson was filling in for me, he talked on prayer as a formative process. And for those of you that don't know, we've been going through the lectionary, a series of passages uh, for, for worship services. We've been doing the Revised Common Lectionary for about a year now. And so I did a little series for three weeks on communion, and then our passage this week is on prayer again. And I didn't really plan all this stuff on prayer, but I do really sense the Holy Spirit is inviting us into uh, to engage with the Spirit of God in a way that opens up our eyes to what He's doing all around us. Okay, that wasn't my phone. Um, <laughs> thanks. Was it good? No. Um, so I believe God's inviting us into this season to, to, to look into prayer and to, to learn how to pray more um, because it, it's important that we can get out of default mode. And I really find that even in my own life these past few weeks, as we just even in studying about the Lord's Prayer, I've found that it's been changing me. 
It's good when you get to be changed by the stuff you're talking about. Um, I'll give you an example. The other day I was going over to Denham Springs to do some cooking. Uh, we've, been, we've cooked several thousand meals over there in Denham Springs. We were supposed to go over yesterday, but we canceled it for the weather's sake. Um, but I was going over there. I get on I-12. Google Maps tells me there's a wreck up ahead. So I get off on 190, or at the Robert exit to go take 190. There's an overturned semi there. So then I go over to 22. I take 22 up through Ponchatoula, get back on I-12, and then finally make it to the Denham Springs exit. I get off there, and there's a wreck. And it's just it seemed like an adventure just trying to get to where we're going so we could serve food. I'd been up since very early that morning getting groceries. I was not in the most pleasant state of mind myself. But I've been praying the Lord's Prayer a little bit that morning. And at one point, I don't even remember exactly what was going on, but some guy in a truck behind me was aggravated at my lack of um, moving quickly or something like that uh, when he thought I should move. And so he just got... the, The reaction was a little overboard for the fact that I really didn't do anything other than not move quick enough. And he just laid on that horn and cussed me out. And uh, my my first reaction uh, was to cuss him out and to stick my finger up and to <laughs> maybe chase him to the next couple of intersections and say some things in my little four-cylinder element. Uh, <laughs> show you. <laughs> but at that same moment where I had that normal default Crispin kind of reaction, I also felt the Spirit of God come alongside me. And I was able to turn a corner. And I got to thinking, just in that moment, I was like, you know, this dude probably got his house flooded recently. May have been on the phone all day with FEMA yesterday. May have talked to an insurance adjuster today. May have found that he's only getting a fraction of what he thought. Maybe he was uninsured. Who knows? God, can you give him some grace today? Can you bless him? And so that moment that would have been (laughs) in my default mode, just... Giving back anger at the anger given to me, giving back irritation and frustration at the frustration aimed at me, in that one instance, I was actually able to turn the corner. And it didn't, you know, you can have one of those things happen in the morning. You ever notice how it can kind of start derailing your day? You ever had one of those things? But it didn't. It had no effect on my day. In fact, I believe it was the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to bless somebody else. I don't know what happened to him, but I just pray, God, bless him. Give your grace upon him. Let him know your nearness today. And I, I say that because that's what prayer does. I, I, in my early years as a Christian, I was taught all the time how we need to have a quiet time in the morning. You know, preferably 30 minutes where you read uh, three chapters out of the one-year Bible and, you know, you, you go through this prayer and whatever, you know. Uh, and, and I'm not saying anything is bad with that. It's just that in my early years, that's what I thought prayer was. It was just that. You give God the first 30 minutes of your day and then you go about the rest of your day by yourself. Um, but what I see Paul talking about, Paul makes interesting statements like, I pray all the time. You get the idea with Paul that he's having an ongoing conversation with God. It's not just designated prayer times. Designated prayer times are good. But it's this ongoing awareness, trying to pay attention to what God is doing 
in ourselves and other people. So Paul, in this passage, he starts off, he says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Have you ever heard those kinds of prayers before? The kind of the prayers that you hear politicians pray or Miss America contestants, you know, what is your wish? I pray for world peace. You know, God bless all the people of the world. We, we read a passage like this, and we could easily come out with these prayers that are just broad. You know, God, just bless everybody today. <laughs> I don't think that's what Paul is getting that here, though. I think more of what Paul is trying to instruct Timothy in ministry is to have the posture towards all people that is rooted first and foremost in prayer. I mean, think about... Think about how your day might go if your posture towards people was not in what you could get out of them or how you could retaliate to them or what you could get from them or anything like that, but you came into situations uh, from an attitude of prayer. How might that change things in your life? Well, he says that this should be the way that we approach the world. And he gives a few examples. Supplications. That's just your general request of God. Your, you know, kind of give us this day our daily bread kind of prayers. God, help me uh, get a new job. Um, put food on the table. Uh, help us pay this bill. Help me win the lottery. <laughs> Supplication. Just a different kind. <laughs> that one's not been answered for me yet. At least in the affirmative sense. Supplications, prayers, intercessions. Uh, I put in your outline today, we're going to be starting an intercessory prayer uh, meeting that's just going to take place before our service in a, in a few weeks. It'll just be for 30 minutes, 930 to 10, uh, over at the Children's Church building. If you're interested in intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer is just where we're praying for other people. Um, I'm going to God on behalf of another person. Maybe you know a person that's struggling with... Uh, a sickness, a disease, marriage problems. Maybe they've got a kid that's spiraling in addiction. We, we gather together to lift these people up. You know, we had a couple in our church uh, for a few years that they really felt God put it on their heart to pray for me and Dina and the kids. And they would email me quite often and say, you know, we were praying for you this morning. They said, by the way, we pray for you every morning. I'm like, how cool is that? Um, and they pray for me every morning. And some mornings they would feel like God was telling them something. They'd email it to me. And I got to tell you, that how many times they just sent a fresh word that, that was really relevant to what I was going through. And I, I could feel their prayers. And so we're going to have an intercessory prayer group over here to pray for this church, pray for the people in it, and different situations in which we're connected to. But, but intercession is going to God on behalf of other people. And then finally, there's thanksgiving. Again, what if you <laughs> approach the relationships in your life from a place of thanksgiving, being thankful for the people around you? You ever notice that it's the people closest to you that you tend to be the least thankful for? Anybody ever notice that? You know, we kind of take advantage or get irritated with the ones that are in, in closest proximity. So I've heard. 
But I've noticed as well, if I will take a minute to sit down with a piece of paper, open up a Word document, put somebody's name on it, and start thinking about the things I'm thankful for, the gifts I see in that person, immediately it it, it changes something in me. And I would say, you know, even when it comes to prophetic words, you want to, if you ever want to speak something into somebody's life and you say, I don't know if I've got the gift to prophesy or something to somebody, well, start with Thanksgiving. I can't tell you how many times that when I just start thanking God for somebody, the things that I just see with my limited fallible human vision, when I start calling those things out and just saying, God, I thank you for the way that, that this person does this and their gifting here and the way they care for this and all that. I, I love their passion for this. Pretty soon, I begin to see the person through God's eyes. And pretty soon, I'm actually calling out things that I didn't even know. And I've, I've found myself on occasions, when I get into that place, I, I, I might send somebody something, a little uh, note, an email or something, or just call them up and say, hey, you know, I was just being thankful for you today, and this is what I got. And a lot of times, it's something helpful. You know, Dina, Dina and I and the kids, I think it was about a year ago, I, it was one of these beautiful weekends of which we've yet to have uh, <laughs> this fall. But I think it was one of those, those days in the fall where you just get one of those out of the blue, just beautiful, the humidity drops, <laughs> Can't wait. I, I keep checking the 10-day forecast right now. I'm like, I see a, a, a 69 degree coming up in 10 days uh, if things don't change. <laughs> but I was like, we're going to go camping. So I, I rented, I got a spot out at Bogachita. The kids got home from school. They weren't planning on camping. So they were kind of, oh, dad, you know, we had our own plans. I'm like, no, we're going camping and we're going to have fun. And so we get out there, set up the tent, got a fire going, and then we were making our little uh, foil dinners. And after we cooked our meals, we sat around eating, and I just said, I want us to go around, me, Dina, Tevia, Ezra, I just want us to, to say what we're thankful about the other person. Just say what we like about them. That's it. And, and for our family, it was a very spiritual time. We just, it was, it was really cool to hear my son say nice things about his daughter. <laughs> his sister. Yeah, sorry. His sister. I was, I, was, I was happy to hear him say nice things about his sister and vice versa. They began calling out things in one another. And, and again, you don't see that around the house a lot because they're oftentimes irritated with each other. So Paul says our posture towards the world and people in it should be supplication, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving. But then he goes on to say, especially we should pray for those in power, for kings and those who are in positions of power. And I'm thankful he said kings here because I get a pass on this because we live in a democracy Right? I wish. Actually, this is probably the most convicting part of this passage for me because um, it's so easy to be critical of, of people in power. I've always been a bit of a rebel myself. Um, but it's, it's always, as far as politicians go, oh, it's, they're just easy targets. 
It's easy to complain, to criticize. It's hard to pray for them. But I, I wonder what it would be like if, if the majority of the church in America actually just prayed for our leaders, you know? Not, not that they would just do what we want them to do, by the way, but President Obama, God, we just pray that you would give him wisdom in his meetings, that you would give him the mind of the Lord. You give him supernatural wisdom. We pray you'd protect him from the traps of the enemy. We pray you'd bless his family, bless his health. Pray that you'd be with him, that he would know your spirit. I mean, that, for some of you, that may be a really hard prayer to pray because you feel like, can I, can I bless someone maybe that I disagree with? Guess what Jesus did? Jesus told us to, to bless not just those who love us, but, but our enemies. And I figure about half the room, one way or the other, this election goes, half the people are going to see an enemy in the White House, <laughs> whether it's Hillary or Trump that wins. But our job, our primary job, it's okay to have political points of view and be passionate about that stuff. God knows I am. But our primary posture ought to be praying. Just praying, God, move on them. Now, now lest you think this was easy for Paul, let me remind you what the world was like back in the first century. If you study Roman history, there was some nut jobs by the name of Nero, Diocletian, emperors who, they were nuts. And they could be set off and go on a killing rampage. They made folks like Saddam Hussein look like, you know, kids. So Paul wasn't just saying some abstract concept. This was a guy who was imprisoned by the Romans. Every one of the disciples almost was executed by the Roman government. But you don't find throughout the whole New Testament anybody saying, let's overthrow this thing. But you find a lot, especially in Paul's writing, pray for the people in charge. Pray for our leaders. That's one thing we're going to do in our intercessory prayer group. But I think in America, you know, we don't have a king. We've got presidents and governors and congressmen and all that stuff. But I think... The way I see this passage is anybody who's in leadership, we ought to pray for them. Whether it's your own boss, uh, your, your teachers, your professors, even our government, we, we, we pray for them. It's a lot easier to complain, though, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I know as a pastor, I, I sure don't turn down prayer. And I know what it's like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a very opinionated person, and I can get, uh, I've not always been the best parishioner at, at, when I've been a part of other people's churches, you know. Sometimes I complain and stuff, but I just encourage you, you know, even if you disagree with me or something or don't like the way we're doing things, start out just by praying for me first, and then you can tell me. And... Um, <laughs> So we, our, our posture towards everyone is, is that of prayer, but particularly for those in power. And, and Paul says that we, we pray for them so it will go well with us. 
the end of the day. And I don't know if Paul is just saying this like so that we can have a more favorable atmosphere for the church, like we can have more rights to meet and assemble and do what we do. I think there's something that goes well with us just by the fact that we're praying. You with me? Like just the fact that instead of complaining and, and demanding and grabbing for my rights or, or trying to pray for, you know, everything to work out, because we certainly see in the early church, they were persecuted a lot. But I think there's something in the activity of turning our energies, our passions towards God on behalf of those in charge that does something to us. I don't know who said the the saying, but I've heard it on many occasions. Prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. And I think that's, at the end of the day, one of the biggest reasons why we pray. And then finally, Paul roots all of this in Jesus Christ. He says, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Paul is saying, we are intercessors We pray for other people because Jesus is the great intercessor, the great mediator. I've told people countless times since we started North Shore Vineyard, I am not a priest. I'm a pastor. Uh, If you were expecting me to go up the mountain like Moses and hear from God for you and then come down with this special revelation and give it to you, you're at the wrong church. I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to do that for myself. (laughs) I'm not here to go meet with God for you. As a pastor, I'm trying to lead you into relationship with Christ and facilitate that happening, help your life be indwelt by the Spirit and move towards God. That's what I'm trying to see happen. But I'm not your priest. Different thing. But I I have to go back on that a little bit because I am a priest. But guess what? You are a priest. Every one of you. We're all priests. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. See, in a sense, what we do as followers of Christ is we go out into the world, we are engaging in a priestly duty. Now, we're not going to God on behalf of other people, but we're going to be to people on behalf of God. We're revealing God. We're praying for them. We're lifting them up. And we're doing that because Jesus did that. Jesus interceded for us. You can read a lot of Jesus' prayers. But the wonderful thing about Jesus' intercession is it was rooted in incarnation. Jesus, it wasn't just prayers. He put feet to his prayers. He actually took action. And the, 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 the author of Hebrews says this. He says, Jesus stepped into our world and became one of us. And he's faced everything that you and I are going to face, except without sin. Therefore, we can have boldness when we approach the throne of grace to find help in times of trouble because we have a, this Jesus, this God, our high priest, who can empathize with us in our weaknesses. He knows what we're going through. And he ever lives... As this human in front of God, dwelt by the Spirit of God, to intercede for you and I. 
You know, right now, Jesus is praying for you. That's what Hebrews says. That's pretty cool, huh? Romans 8, 26 and 7 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through words and groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Paul is saying, when you don't know what to pray, anybody ever been there before? Most of my life. (laughs) When you don't know what to pray... The Spirit intercedes for you through groanings that you can't understand. So we got Jesus standing before the Father interceding for us. We got the Holy Spirit within us interceding. Why do we need to pray at all? You ever thought of that? I know some of you have. You've asked me that question before. Well, again, I think it's not a matter of Oftentimes we put things in, in very kind of intellectual terms or spiritual terms. It's about you know going to heaven or somewhere else. I, I really think the main action of this whole thing, the reason why we pray is to engage and to be a part of what God is doing, to get on board with it. You can go through the rest of this day on default, on autopilot, and never notice anything God's doing. You can't. It's totally... But guess what? That doesn't mean that God's not doing anything. It just means that you're not noticing it. When we live a life of talking to God and, and, and praying and offering thanksgiving for people in situations, when we live that way, we're awakened to see God all over the place. God is not confined to our communion times and our worship times and what we do up here at a church. Thank goodness. He's everywhere. The Holy Spirit is at work in every single person on planet Earth right now. That's the truth. We wouldn't be here otherwise. <laughs> God took away his presence, we would, we'd be dead. It'd be over. But we stay blind to the presence of God so often because we're just focused on ourselves, our own wants, our own needs. And prayer breaks us out of that. So yes, the Holy Spirit's interceding for you. Jesus is interceding for you. But when you begin to intercede and pray and offer thanksgiving, you're you're starting to come into alignment to that. You're waking up to what God is doing. You're finding that even a God-forsaken place like Walmart, you can find the Holy Spirit working. I don't know. I I have faith. I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. (laughs) You find that that God is moving in all sorts of places if you just pay attention. And so I want to bless you today that, that in your everyday ordinary life, you would learn to have a conversation with God. That he would know your needs. That you would use your mouth to, to speak thanks for the people around you. That you would use your mouth to bless those you work with, you come across every day, those in your family, your neighbors, even your enemies. I pray that God would bless you to see how he's moving all around you and to respond to what he's doing. I pray that for you today. Bless you. Amen.